How's your week? Um, I feel like this is the first time, um, uh, I, I don't know, I feel like this is the first time we've talked in so long, but um, uh, I hope you're well. Um, I'm back in Nashville, settled in, uh, just got back from the Bowery Vault, which um, it's really cute. There's this gentleman who I've told you about here uh, named Jerry Foster, a legendary Nashville songwriter. And it's interesting, you know, essentially I'm seeing him in the twilight of his years and, and you know, I'm meeting him now after he's had this, you know, just decades and decades of an exciting career, you know, brushing shoulders and being friends with and writing songs for some of the greatest stars, you know, ever, like like Jerry Lee Lewis and George Jones and and then some cool cats in there like Johnny Paycheck. And um, so I... I, I I, he friended me on Facebook, which is so cute, and he's heavily enthusiastic uh, about you know other other musicians, uh, which I think is just he's clearly a very alive and healthy person. He's in, well in his eighties. He sounds incredible. He plays incredibly. He shows up dressed to the nines, like you know, dressed like a cocaine cowboy kingpin, like just incredible. Um, you know, and him and his wife, and they sit there like like you know like like Western country swing royalty. And, you know, so clearly he's a very present person who, and he, he's out there playing and I didn't realize that, you know, the Commodore, that place over there, that's like his spot, you know, he loves it there. And, and he's there like every week and, and he's playing and he, and he writes these long, really, um, cute, like really, really just adorable, cute, charming posts about how grateful he is, you know, I'll be at the world famous Commodore and thank you so much to Debbie, you know, for whatever and you know and it's so cute and he's pouring out this kind of very cheesy love you know um but beautiful you know i say cheesy because it's it's just so sincere you know and we're taught to play these characters he doesn't give a fuck man he's 80 and he's done it he doesn't care there's just oh, the only thing that's left is gratitude and love which is crazy which is so cool and I bet you there are many people that are in the same exact shoes that have had the number one singles like he has but are bitter because they didn't get that other number one single or they're not at the Opry every week and you know, and somebody else was more successful than them. And he's such a fascinating person. He's clearly so healthy and so grateful and so present, you know, in his 80s. And I, I don't know where that comes from. You know, maybe his parents just loved him, right? I don't know. But... uh I'd would love to get to know that guy. Maybe I maybe I should have him on the podcast. Why not, right? I I should ha I should ask him. I'll go to his house and I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna try to do that. I mean, there's something about you know, don't meet your heroes. Not that he's this you know hero that I've loved all my life, but I'm sure that I wonder. I I think I would have to do a good job to kind of pull stories out of him because because he's so present i think he'll just want to talk about the commodore and i'm like dude yeah but tell me about what was jerry lee lewis like you know 
What 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 was the deal with his wife? Wasn't she like fourteen? What the fuck, man? I guess I know things were different. There's no judgment, but what the fuck? <laughs> I guess there is judgment. I mean, you know, it'll be interesting. I'll, I'll do a lot of searching, and and uh, that'd be a fun podcast. <laughs> we gotta have him on. Jerry Foster, he's a, a special gentleman. What? Why did I get into that? Oh. I feel like Barry Vault is that for me. You know, I'm just like every, I'm like, I'm back at the Barry Vault and thank you, Vero, Emily, for uh, doing it and Ray and um, all that. But anyway, just got back from Voice of the Vault and this is my first time going out in Nashville. I feel like I'm a, um, one of the cool little treats and maybe unexpected treats in, of being here in Nashville. Well, first of all, it's the first time I live with my gal. And, you know, it's the first time we're really living together. You know, we've done stints and stuff, but, you know, a month here, a month there. and um, But it's the first time we're like, you know, we got, we're making a home together. And I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Hate to say it, but I am. <laughs> oh, man. They said they never lasso this old cowboy. <laughs> here we are. Yeah. You can't brand a stallion. <laughs> We'll edit that out, won't we? So, you know, here we are. And so, like, I've honestly, I've done nothing the whole week. I've, my highlights of the week will bore you to tears. I mean, we're talking like going to Marshall's, like looking for scented candles and kitchen accessories and having a blast. Like, like we had a blast in Marshall's. Like, that was, <laughs> was really fun. <laughs> oh my God. So boring. But, but really, you know, I'm grateful. Um, but I will say though, truly, 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 the highlight. All right, so there, there's. Let's. I'll, I'll take you backwards. I'm going to take you through my experience, but backwards. So I, I've learned. Well, okay. Let me tell you a little bit of uh, uh, my knowledge of these people. So there's people called the Kurds, Kurdish people. All right, and maybe you know a lot more than I do. I the only reason why I'm at all familiar with them is because when Anthony Bourdain went to Iraq. He focused on on them and their food and stuff, but the Kurds ha- have no country. They were kind of they were their own indigenous you know nation, and all the ruling countries you know colonial whatever countries that drew all the lines in the Middle East didn't take them into account. So they're partly in Iraq, partly Iran, and partly I believe in Turkey, maybe Syria. Maybe they're from Syria. Um, I- I'm not sure. Okay, but um, we can. We're going to do some Wikipedia reading here. But I, for some reason I have, maybe it's like the, the, the Jew in me, I always end up falling deeply in love with cultures that don't have their own country or their own, you know, that have been kind of thrown around when, you know, the big powers that be drew all these, you know, superficial borders, but they've they've kind of transcended that 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 thing and and they've held on to who they are you know um and so they're they're an incredible people and so anyway unbeknownst to me the single largest community in the united states of i'm reading wikipedia now single largest community in the united states of ethnic kurds exists in nashville tennessee nashville this enclave is often called Little Kurdistan and is located in South Nashville. The majority of Nashville's Little Kurdistan comes from Iraq Kurdistan. However, there are sizable communities of Kurds from Syria, Iran, and Turkey. It has been estimated that there are 15,000 Kurds living in Nashville. How fucking lucky are we? Okay, so 
It is estimated there are 15 curves. However, the U.S. Census does not take official data on the number of Kurds living in the United States. In the 1990s, the Office of Refugee Resettlement, ORR, um, it says fingered. <laughs> I think it's figured. <laughs> fingered. Fingered national. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> fingered national as a center of resettlement and issued them... Uh, maybe it is fingered, cause like pointed to, fingered. F- Am I an idiot? All right, who cares? As a center of re, I gotta take a breath here. <laughs> what are we? Two years old? I thought we were above this stuff. And issued them federal funding to resettle the Kurds who came to Nashville. Nashville has since become a hub of refugee resettlement for other communities as well. Um, following the breakup of the Ottoman Empire, the Kurdish people are separated into many nation states. While Kurds are in Iran, Turkey, and Syria, um, the majority of Kurdish people in Nashville is uh, Iraqi. So yeah, they're in Iraq and the Kurdish portion of Iraq is oil rich and much of the strife between the Iraqis and Kurds has been regarding this issue. <laughs> this reached its its uh, epoch during Saddam Hussein's reign in the 80s who uh, started the unfall campaign. Iraq began this campaign to stop the Iraqi Kurds from aiding Iran in a war between the countries. Anyway, so waves of migration, the majority of Kurdish immigration um, happened following Saddam Hussein's genocide. On that campaign, somewhere between 750 to 3,000 people came during this largest wave, but likely the lower end of the range. Um, anyway, culture, let's see. Little Kurdistan is located in the south of Nashville, unlike other enclaves in major cities like Chinatown. Literally, Little Kurdistan is centered around a strip mall, a mosque, and a few stores. While small, the Kurds of Nashville are hoping to create a semblance of their home country in the United States. Religion. Many Kurds are Sunni Muslims, but they are not a religious monolith. There are a number of Kurds who are Shia Muslims, Alevi, Jewish, wow, Sorotrian, and Yarsan. In Nashville, Salahadin Center of Nashville is the hub of religious life for the many Kurds of uh, uh, living in um, Little Kurdistan. Wow. Politics, international, all right. Controversy, gang violence, the late 80s and early 2000s, Kurdish gang, Kurdish pride gang formed. All right. Uh, the withdrawal of troops from Kurdistan. Okay, so anyway, back back to the program here. I didn't know any of this, okay? I knew that the, I, and and by the way, like um the thing I was talking about before, uh, I'm extremely, for some reason, attracted to the Basque people. The Basque region is partly in France and partly in Spain, and a similar thing of their, you know, kind of the indigenous people of there, and they have no country, and these big powers have come. And although they were quite powerful, they were very defensive. They also had the advantage that they lived up in the Rocky Mountains, and so they would kind of use that to um, protect themselves. They've been fiercely defensive of their culture, but, you know, they don't really have their own country. Um... They have their own really cool language. But anyway, so, you know, I keep kind of falling in love with these, like, uh, I don't know, you know, little nations that, um, not so little, but nations that don't really have their own thing, don't have their own country. But anyway, so um, we were, Kay and I were looking to play, for a place to get dinner, and we wanted to get something nice, you know, a little bit of like, let's go on a little bit of a date. But, um, but 
we didn't want anything fancy, partially because of money, but also just like, ah, you know, no thanks. And but we didn't anyway. I I got in my mind. I'm like, we should do some kind of like Mediterranean food. So I Google Mediterranean food in Nashville, and a bunch of stuff come up. First, it's like only places with four dollar signs, like just insanely expensive places. And then it's just like chains, like Tzatziki's and Zoe's Kitchen, and all this shit. That's you know, no thanks. So I'm scrolling down, and I'm literally all there's just two options, right? Except for the Greek place around the corner, and that's really good, but they're closed, and we've been there. So. I see this place come up, and I'm like, I remember you. I was once like in a, at the grocery, and I saw this place in a strip mall. It's called Edessa's Turkish and Kurdish Cuisine. And I go to like the reviews, which, you know, I'm known to do. And there's 1.4 thousand reviews, and they're all five stars. It's five stars. I mean, maybe there's like, you know, a handful, but... You know, every place is like, well, four stars out of five. Okay, four and a half stars out of five. Well, that's great. This is just five out of five. If you look at it, all the five stars are filled. And you click on them, and it's all pictures of, like, these beautiful meat platters and colorful uh, plates and stuff. And everybody just has the most wholesome, loveliest things to say about us. I'm like, we're going here. We're doing it. So we get all dressed up, put our fancy clothes on, and we go. And it's fun, you know, I like, I found the place, I'm like, we're going here, you're not even, I didn't even be like, do you want to go here, look at the reviews, I'm just like, we're going here, just trust me. And we show up, and they seat us, and there's just families and people everywhere, right away, it's a very exciting, warm atmosphere. Um, and I'm, we're just like, happy to be there, everybody's so cute, and, you know, there's... Um, most of the people were kind of dressed, I think, like, you know, what I imagine, like, Kurdish Americans to, to, to be dressed as, you know. Um, but, but a bunch of other people, too, you know, we, were, we weren't the only honkies there. Um, but anyway, it was, it was just cool. It was a nice environment. Everybody was very, was very vibrant. You know, when you go in a place and the whole, there, there's, like, this energy that's contained in the room. It's just exciting. They seat us, and we look at the menu, and then there's an option for, like, just get a platter where you get to try all the different, like, appetizers and a bunch of stuff. We're like, okay, we're going to do that. Platter for two. Let's go. So they, they, um, they're like, great. They come out with just a bunch of, like, dips and pita bread, and there's, like, a baba ganoush that's magical. A, I'm, you know, fuck it. I'm, I'm going all in here. This is, like, I, I'm going to read out the menu, um, it was just, it was so special. Um, let's see, are we going to do this? Are we really doing this here? I think we are. Odessa's Turkish, Kurdish-Turkish cuisine. Um, five stars on Yelp. 200, five stars. Crazy. Crazy. They deserve it, by the way. View full menu. Ah, uh, never mind. Wait, okay. Um, so, first, okay, so the Haidari. Heydari, which is like a thick and creamy yogurt mixed with walnuts, garlic, mint, and melted butter. Oh my god, that was insane! Oh, dude, baba ganoush was amazing. Um, the hummus is pretty good, but I'm a little bit, you know, it was, it was very good, but kind of my least favorite of all the dips, but still very, very delicious. Um, then there was this like, um, what they described as kind of like shakshuka, but it was it was more like an eggplant dip. Very, very delicious. Different, like different enough from the baba ganoush. And then there was this beautiful, like, almost like roasted pine nuts and garlic and this delicious oil. And, and just, it was such an exciting experience. You know when right away you're like, 
this place is this this is a gem. This is gonna be a magical meal. This is gonna be so exciting. bring out the 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 main thing and um and it's just like this big platter of wood and there's lamb chops and like a lamb uh kebab thing and chicken and these little wrap things and um there's pickled onions and some other um um what else it was like just this all-encompassing magical meal oh and the lentil soup i've never been this excited about lentil soup it was in this beautiful brass bowl but with a handle so you could drink it like a cup, like a big cup. And I just, I put that down. It was a smooth lentil soup. Absolutely magical. Um, And again, just this exciting experience. We're like looking at each other like, oh my God, this is crazy. I can't believe we're experiencing this. It feels like, you know, I'm so lucky. And by the way, like I was, I was raised kosher, right? So I could only eat in like kosher certified places, only with Jews, Jewish restaurants, very limited, only meat or dairy, couldn't be both. And the meat was very specific. The dairy was very limited and not impressive. But, you know, the the thing, they always painted a picture of, like, if you're not kosher, you're going to, like, go, like, eat pork and bacon. You know, you're going to, like, you're going to eat a cheeseburger, <laughs> like, which, because you can mix meat and cheese and shit. There's always, and but, you know, the poster child of, like, non-kosher was, like, um, McDonald's. Like, you're going to go eat McDonald's. And it's very convenient that they use, like, fast food, trashy food. You know, they they never were like, you know what's not kosher? Like, here's this colorful, magical meal that just oozes of pride and tradition. And every dish, I bet you, has just a fascinating story and speaks of mountainous regions where they could only get certain ingredients at certain times. And here's how they could make this little thing delicious. Or here's how they could preserve it. Or they use this because, you know, it was only available at that time. It was only available, you know, just part of the season. And they would gorge themselves on it because it, you know you, you get it while it's hot and you know everything or like you know this this nation like fought this nation and, and then this other thing brought started a spice trade and they brought it introduced these these different ingredients and then that changed this and they traded this for the other thing and all of this this food is magical and it's it's historic and it it's a, it has a beautiful story all food is really but here there's a specific connection to it, and it's kind of self-evident. And it, and it feels like, and I'm sure it has been, but it feels like it hasn't been bastardized. You know, there's a purity to it and such a deep pride. Everything we ate that night, a couple of nights ago, had such pride in it. And, you know, it's a restaurant. They're just trying to make money. But I guarantee you the people that are involved in you know, we could see it just in the wait staff and everybody. They're extremely proud, and they were so cute. Um, after they and uh, we had baklava at the end, and it was just fucking amazing baklava. They did not skimp on on the pistachios and just really honey and ma- magical. And after the gentleman w- waiter came up to us and you know kind of did those sort of the polite you know um, post check thank you and. You know, it was kind of like very sincerely. He's like, you know, did you enjoy? And he's like, bring bring your friends. You know, please bring your friends if you enjoyed it. And it was so cute. And you know, again, it's like it's just good business. 
but I think there is part of us and there is this part of humanity that's just like, hey, I, I want to share. It looks like you enjoyed what, what we do here and I want other people to enjoy it. And I feel like it, it felt like a sincere musician who's like, hey, you know, feel free to like share my tunes with other people where it's it doesn't feel like this like narcissistic, self-serving thing. It's like, hey, here's this thing that brings me so much joy that I'm proud of and excited about that's kind of removed from me. It's sort of separate. It's like, even if I made it, it's like, I don't even know how I made it. I just got lucky, right? And it's just there. And I'm kind of in disbelief and I want pe- other people to have it. Um, There's just, it was fucking beautiful, man. It was just cool. And we were there towards the end, like towards closing and there's a whole, you know, hustle and bustle. There must've been like 20 staff, really efficient operation. It was packed. Um, I, I can't wait to go back. And then here's the thing. I ran into a buddy of mine who lives in that part of town. I told him, he's like, oh, my God, yeah, it's amazing. And then um, there's this whole strip called, like, Nolensville Pike or whatever. Uh, this part of town where, um, well, l- let me let me give you some other context. A while back, a while back. back a buddy of mine was getting a tattoo and the tattoo artist mentioned he's from new york he's like there's no ethnic food here that's the tattoo artist said he's like there's no ethnic food here in nashville it's like all like sandwiches and tex-mex and whatever and austin barbecue but there's you know and it's all new american or like um yeah so it's like okay cool and we listed off a couple of places that gentleman couldn't be more wrong. He just stayed in his part of town, in his fancy, cushy, gentrified part of town, and didn't go anywhere where, like, normal people live, right? So if you go down Nolensville Pike, there's, like, about 30 little ta- taco trucks. Like, not cool hipster taco trucks on Instagram. Like, just, like, little taco joints. Some of them are huts, sheds, shacks. Some of them have little storefronts as well. For the most part, you know, they're selling tacos out of a truck. There's 30. I'm not exaggerating. And on the same strip, there's that Venezuelan place I was telling you about. And on the end of the same strip is the Kurdish place. And my buddy was like, first of all, he's like, he's like, my friends and I are trying to do every single taco thing. And we're making a little map. He's like, we've had about 15. He's like, only two of them weren't great. And even those were like pretty good, but like not great. So it's just fucking exciting, man. And then he um, he gave me a list of hell. I'll I'll read you this list, okay? These are all amazing restaurants and places that I I can't wait to try out. So um, let's see. There's Egyptian, which is King Tut's. Then there's Kebab House of Kebab, um, Tortas. Oh, I love Tortas. Tortas, um, King uh, Gigantes Chali- Jalisco. It's on 5130 Nolensville Pike. Tacos, Tacos Lopez, Uzbeki. Oh, yeah. Osh. O-S-H. Tom, that's on Thompson Lane. Burrito, Baja Burrito, and then Korea House, which I keep hearing about. Korea House. And then Pho is VN Pho, which I can't wait to try. He says it's like old, like real Pho. Um, you know, with the tripe and all that that good, good stuff in there. But... So it was just an inspirational, magical experience. It was really special. You know, it was, it was exciting. Um, I 
I felt at home there. I felt intrigued. I felt humbled. Like, I don't know, man. It's all, it sounds so cheesy, but sometimes you have a food experience and it's special. It's just special. There's a story. And we're, by the way, we're, we're driving home and we're like, still, we're just like so excited about this. And, and we're kind of reflecting how like, there's like some of the best food in the world is like in this part of town, you know, at least in the state, at least in Tennessee. I think this is the best like food in Tennessee. That's probably not, but you just have to know where to look. Some of the best food in Nashville and certainly some of the most, what, what we'll call ethnic food, which is really like, um, let's call it, uh, I don't know. Um, without risk of being offensive, it's like working class food. It's food that it, there's no, for example, for example, when I was in the Uber and my Venezuelan Uber driver was like, there's two Venezuelan places. By the way, I don't know how he communicated any of this to me because he spoke literally no words of English. He was like showing, <laughs> I told you about this, but he's like showing me videos of like his brother um, back in Venezuela, like cooking arepas on YouTube. He was like pulling up YouTube videos of like, um, of his family cooking arepas. It was fucking, it was amazing. It was the best Uber drive ever. He explained to me, he's like, there's two Venezuelan places. He's like, this one is really nice, but the food isn't as good. He's like, the other one, yeah, the food's really good, but it's not as nice. And I think he was really telling me, he's like, I'm assuming you want a nice place. You know, there was this thing of like, well, the place that's really good, like, you know, it's kind of shitty walls and, you know, it doesn't look all, all you know, it's just not that kind of experience. And... I think that reflects, you know, just people in general. And I, and I get it. Like, um, sometimes I'll walk into a place and if like, yeah, I mean, if it smells weird or the walls are kind of, you know, like, I don't know, if it kind of looks gross, you know, it doesn't really like summon the appetite. But, you know, thanks to, I don't know, for me, like, I always think of Bourdain whenever I'm like somewhere like, I don't know, man, this is like a pretty, is that a roach? I don't know. But sometimes, as sometimes you should just like leave. <laughs> Sometimes you should probably just be like, yeah, no thanks. But uh, sometimes you should just break that little barrier and go to the other side of town. I mean, it's so cheesy, but it's true. It's just true. It's just true. None of my friends here, like, even know about any of these places. You know, I I only know because I got lucky. You know, the guy, the Uber driver told me about it. Or, like, someone, you know, like, I only know because I got lucky. Um, or cause I'm curious or like I watch a lot of Bourdain and I, I seek this stuff out and I, I'm excited about it, you know, but it's all luck, you know, and the truth is when people consider food in Nashville, they don't consider this entire area that's just as close as anything else because the places aren't cool, won't look cool on Instagram and they're not pretty or whatever, which even that isn't true because a lot of them are, you know, they put their own spin on it, but it's not like it's not like pastel colors and Instagram worthy or whatever. Um, by the way, if you think I'm, I don't know what that sound, my guitar is like creaking on my leg and uh, I feel like that sounds not so flattering. I, I Like, I think I'm like hesitant. I, I don't want to offend anybody or I don't want to say the wrong thing or, you, you know, you shouldn't like divide anything. You should treat everything equally. However, there's also the reality of like, you know, when when you consider the cuisine of a place or like when we've been here for months and like everyone mentions one place or one area to go find food in and nobody mentions another place. And then you go to that other place that nobody mentioned and it's this like gold mine of like just incredible magical food that's affordable and delicious, like just delicious and exciting. Like there's something there. It's 
it, no, it's nobody's fault. No one's a bad person. I'm not like I'm not calling anybody like racist or any of that shit. To be honest, it's like it's classist, but no, it's fine. But it's just it is, and it's okay. Nobody, we all suffer from a sense of classism because the people who are popular on Instagram tend to be wealthy and and understand aesthetics and and have have good lighting. And you ever think about how like for someone to have like a house that has really good lighting, like they need large windows and large, like big fancy windows. I don't, I don't even need big fancy windows here. It's just small windows, you know? There's a sense of the things that are pushing culture, um, you know, are people who really understand aesthetics, right? Because we're a visual species and I don't know. I, I don't really care. Who, who cares, right? It doesn't matter why things are the way they are and things aren't even that bad. These places are making a killing. They have a ton of business. It's just not like cool hipsters from East Nashville that like are the ones that I'm running into and telling me about it. So instead of complaining about it, or pointing any fingers and calling anyone names, which would be silly and stupid and wrong. And, you know, I'll just, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about it. And at the risk of being cheesy or looking dumb or, or, uh, it's cheesy, you know, it's cheesy to be like, you know, be excited about stuff like that. But I am. And, and I, I can't wait to share this with friends. I can't wait to take friends there. We're going to bring our friends. I can't wait to take friends to the Venezuelan place. Uh, there's an amazing Ethiopian place. People know about that that place, I think. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's okay. It's okay. It's all okay. Um, it's all it's all good. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I want to do a little song here that I've been. I kind of like. Yeah, it's a fun little song. Y- y'all know it, but it's uh, it's a fun it's a fun song. So uh, here goes. So, so you think you can tell Heaven from hell Blue skies from pain Can you tell a green field From a cold steel rail Smile from a veil Do you think you can tell Did they get you to trade Heroes for ghosts, hot ashes for trees, hot air for a cool breeze, cold comfort for change. And did you exchange a walk on part in the wall for a lead roll in the cage? Just two lost souls swimming in a fishbowl 
And it's so funny how the classic rock songs are just these like, they, the, you, you kind of get sick of them and then you come back to them and you're like, oh, right, this is like, this is a great song, of course. Like, of course it's a great song. But, uh, oh, dude, they have um, Beatty, Beatty, the Turkish place, grilled grilled ground lamb. I like how they're like quality ground lamb. Grilled quality ground lamb and beef mixed with herbs and vegetables wrapped in lawash. These are kind of like dumpling uh, served with yogurt, tomato sauce, rice, and salad. <gasps> oh, yeah, we're going to do that. We are going to do that. <laughs> oh, they're lamb chops. Oh, my God. Um, oh, and they have a clay pot um, kebab. Holy shit. They also have a really cute, uh, like a hanging chicken shish kebab. It's like two skewers of char- char-grilled cubes of marinated chicken tenders served with rice, and it's like hanging. Very cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I'm trying to get my thought out. I think I feel so starved because growing up, it was, food was pretty boring. Our own food was good. The Jewish food was special, and my mom's chicken soup, and challah, and dips, and stuff, and it was special, you know, and it was my own little story. But it wasn't empathetic in the sense that it was always us. It was always about us. And we had freaking pizza and we have sushi. By the way, the Jews, if you want, if you ever want to eat pizza and sushi at the same exact time, just go to a Jewish neighborhood because I guarantee you if there's a pizza shop, that pizza, pizza shop sells sushi. They have a little sushi station, pizza and sushi. They do it. That's what they do. It's beautiful. Um, and there's mayo and all the sushi and it's it's great. It's very, it's adorable. It's very fun. It's really cute. Um, you know, I'm 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 starved for experiencing other people's culture and 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 experiencing just food. You know, and and um, Bourdain game Bourdain articulated it so well. So he helped me like articulate it or at least you know connect with it. But you know, I mean, even when like um. When I started dating Kate, you know, and just having her mom's like homemade Italian food and um, having her grandmother's Italian food and, and um, you know, making pasta by hand, you know, from scratch and, and um, all that stuff. And then and then going to like with them to like their, you know, the, like st- basically arguably some of the best pizza in the world, you know, is on Staten Island. And, you know, go to like Danino's and I would just get all the stuff and... I would just get so I was like a kid in a candy shop, you know. I, I still am. I it's so exciting and it's so beautiful, you know. And and that story runs however deep, you know. And it could be the story of, you know, Brooklyn being settled and Staten Island being settled, and um, you know, by Italian Im- immigrants and in, in, in the eighteen hundreds. And uh, it's, um, you know, I mean, I, I get excited whenever I have it, whenever I drink an americano because. Americano is is you know uh, American soldiers were stationed in Italy during World War II, which my grandfather was. My grandfather was in Italy during World War II. He was stationed there. He was a sergeant in the infantry, and they were like, "We want coffee," and they're like, "We don't have coffee. We have espresso." And so the thing was like, "Oh well, if we add hot water to our espresso, it'll be like an like an Americano," you know. And whenever I drink one now, I think of my grandfather. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's beautiful, man. And sometimes you know the story, sometimes you don't. Um, but man, I mean, you could have a whole like TV show or podcast or whatever, just like talking like halal cart, people who run halal carts in New York city. Right. I guarantee you like they've had fascinating, incredible lives. And I mean, just forget about their past or history. It's just like, just 
being in that little cube, looking out that window, seeing the New Yorkers coming to you in sometimes their most vulnerable and hungry states, you know, and you're, you're, you're serving food to the guy on Wall Street who wants something, and then you're serving food to a homeless girl from Indiana, and like, um, you know, just the lives that you see, the eyes that you look into from your little halal cart, man, and, and then your own experience and, and, you know, what that's like, and people just, um, you know, seeing you as a, as a meal giver and what that's like, you know, what that does to somebody, and is that gratifying? Is it difficult? Do you have hard days, you know? And, um, I don't know, man. It's, again, it's like, I think I'm, like, pretty cheesy and, and uh, uncool, to, to think about this stuff, you know, but it's, who cares, right? I mean, whatever, who cares? Like, I just, I, I don't care. So I go to places, I get really excited, and I think part of it is because I'm, like, I'm literally, like, an Amish kid that just got off the bus for, like, Rumspringa. For the, it's, like, I'm, like, the first day of Rumspringa, dude. I'm, like, this is exciting, you know? And I was cutting bacon the other day, and I was, like, you know, I was thinking about a lot of things, um, you know, but just, like, historically where bacon comes from, it's just, like, um, how can we preserve this, you know, and, 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 and then, you know, and how do we use every part of this animal and how do we use it and make it delicious? And, you know, how, how do we use it to cook for other things? Like bacon, we didn't like throw out bacon fat. It was like, it was used, it was used to cook other things and, you know, which is like pretty awesome. And I don't know. It's, uh, it's all, it's all special. But, uh, anyway, I gotta, I gotta go here, but before I go, Barry Vault was so much fun tonight. My buddy Janny, Johnny Cantini played, and he's this great musician that I've played with. He was in a band called Morning Bird, or still is a band called Morning Bird. I don't know. But um, we played together in, like, D.C. They're from Boston. We've stayed in touch. Great guy. I like him a lot. And I was just at the Barry Vault, and there he was. And I was like, dude, what are you doing here? He's like, I moved to Nashville. I was like, amazing. So, oh, man, so exciting. He killed it. He played some kick-ass songs. And, um, his, his like, oh my God, his songs are so good. He had a song with like a line in it was like, um, I'm not, I'm a rebel, not a ren- renegade, but it was in like just the coolest, I don't know, like, I don't even want to quote it cause like it diminishes just how beautiful and sincere it was. And, um, and then he had a song called going through changes, which is like, you know, pretty famous black Sabbath song, but it, you I was, you know, anytime you hear a song that's like a title of another one, you think of that. But if you forget about the other song right away, they're like that's a really good sign, you know. And it's it's that song, beautiful, beautiful song. Um, yeah. Oh my God, he was so good. And then this Landry, Landry, Larry, Larry Moore, or whatever his name is, he's so good. I'm such a fan of him. Check out my Instagram if you see this. Hopefully, some of the stuff is still up there. But if not, reach out. If you ever hear me mention a name or somebody that you're interested in you want to check out, just reach out. I want to share these people with you because they're they're just so beautiful. And as we were driving home, Kate remarked how she's like, we used to go see live music in, in New York. And she's like, it was so rare, so, so rare for me to like become like want to be a fan of somebody where it was like, you know, it was like they clearly can be or deserve to be famous like a fan. Because, you know, it's like you're seeing a talented person be talented. And, you know, it's interesting and sort of like a spectator sport. And you're glad you're there. But you're not like you don't leave like I like a fan, you know, whatever that is. Um, But but we have that all the time here in Nashville. It's crazy. It's so cool. It's so exciting. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to be here. And everybody else that played just really, really killed it. There was this guy, Nick Crook or something amazing 
from Austin, Texas, kind of country, like a little bit John John Priney, but in a very very like modern way. And um, this girl Emily uh, Stevens that I played with, she was there too. And last time I saw her, she played piano, um, but she's played guitar and she's amazing at both. That was really cool. But um, anyway, having a great time here. Come visit Nashville, and uh, hopefully I'll get on tour eventually. Um, we got new music coming, big plans. I bought merch. Um, this is I'm gonna leave you with this, but I bought a merch thing like a a screen printer, and then we bought really really nice canvas tote bags, and we're gonna make tote bag merch, and we're making the design ourselves, and we're doing everything in house. It's gonna be really really cool. So everything's gonna be like limited edition gonna have a really nice touch and i'm i'm on top of all the quality so you know i'm i'm gonna make sure everything's really beautiful and could hopefully live up to the music we're trying to make as well so anyway that's that um i hope you have an awesome week we're gonna do a guest episode i believe this week um if not next week so just keep your eyes peeled for that um we should have jacob welcome such a good podcast so much fun talking to him and, um, and we have big plans. There's some other cool little developments that I still need to meet with a few people and see about, but could be very exciting. But anyway, I love you for listening. Thank you so much. Tell a friend. Have an awesome, awesome week. All right. God love you. Bye-bye. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs>